Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's time to share your story. Welcome to Revealing Conversations with Patron Nicole. Heart-led discussions that reveal, release, and unveil. You will leave this hour lighter, brighter, and inspired. And now, here's Patron Nicole. Good morning, everyone. It's another rainy day here in Lake Oswego. Uh, today, I do not have a guest, so I thought I would just tell you a little story about something that I wrote actually in 2006. So this is uh, over 11 years ago. I uh, lost my partner, Christopher, to an accident, and I was very, very, very down and decided to write a book called The Seven Insights, Quantum Transformation. So how did that come about? I figured that I knew that if you go into sadness too deeply or you spend an enormous time grieving someone, that you know eventually it just uh, really drains your energy and you will feel depleted. And of course, I knew about Law of Attraction and I had read all the books. And so I thought it was time for me to pull myself out. And instead of feeling sorry for myself sitting on the couch for endless days, I decided to write this book. And it actually turned into a workbook that I use now in my coaching. So I can relate to people who have had trials and tribulations in their lives who are constantly going through, you know, whether it's a disease of some sort or whether it's a loss of a loved one or financial situations. I, trust me, I had all of the above. Uh, touch wood, the, my body was holding up okay during those days, but it was a very tough time in my life. And for those of you that are out there listening to the show today, I uh, send you much love and uh, hope that you stay with me throughout this program to uh, learn about tools that are available to you to pull yourself out or to improve your life. So what is Quantum Transformation of Seven Insights about? It's uh, basically a 100-page workbook that is a nine-week course. I teach a webinar on this. And like I said, I use it for my coaching one-on-one with people. I send them the workbook and they go through uh, several weeks of coaching with me. So it's uh, the first insight is the law of attraction. The second insight is paradigms. The third insight, we're going to talk about partnerships and how important they are. The fourth insight is about the law of giving and receiving. The fifth insight is about the law of vision. And the sixth insight, gratitude. And the seventh insight is accountability. Then there are some other add-ons to this book. I talk about Dr. Masaru Emoto 
and his water experience. I'll go a little bit into that and aura cleansing and what is the human aura. And then in the end of it, in the end of the nine week course, it's essential oils and how we can use them to help ourselves uplift and feel better about the world. So I'm just going to jump right in. If you hear a lot of noise in the background, it's because uh, where I live on the lake in Lake Oswego, somebody is, ter- is uh, tearing down their house. So they're coming in with big, huge pieces of equipment and, and literally taking a house apart piece by piece. And this is such a symbolic thing, you know, because sometimes we go through life where we have to literally have the breakdown before we can build it new again. And it's been really fascinating to observe how, how they started, you know, with the eaves and then the roof and now the windows and, you know, everything is now being disassembled and in the end there's just a deck left. So it's really, yeah, quite cool. And they're doing all of this through the water. They have little boats that come in and uh, with containers where they throw in all the debris and uh, we are next door to them. So it's been uh, fascinating to uh, feel the vibration of that as well. So anyway, there is a physiological foundation for positive thinking. We know that when we're in love and we're feeling great about life, then everything goes well and we feel we're people smiling at us, we're attracting good energy toward us and we are feeling on top of the world physically better, mentally, emotionally, spiritually better. So thought is the most potent form of energy. Pleasant memories, nature, or your favorite music can change your feeling and shift your thoughts. So if you're feeling down, turn on a beautiful piece of music and it will shift your thoughts. Or read a book that brings positivity into your life. All matter becomes transparent to the vibration of thought. Thought waves are cosmic waves that penetrate all time and space. Energy can never be destroyed. The law of attraction is a law of nature. It is as impartial as the law of gravity. Nothing can come into your experience unless you summon it through constant thought. Emotions are valuable tools that instantly tell us what we're thinking. So it's actually your, your emotions, your feeling that create that thought. So you can't give somebody a, a positive affirmations if they're feeling really bad inside of them. That doesn't really work. But by thinking positively, positive thoughts, we eventually start feeling good. So sometimes we have to, have to fake it for a while. Like I had to fake it for a while when I was feeling very, very, very uh, sad about the loss of my partner. And I had to make myself, I had to reprogram myself and make myself feel happy by doing things that were happy. And so there's a, there's a lot to that. It is impossible to feel bad and at the same time have good thoughts. Under this one great law, there are seven subsidiary laws that align and coordinate. In other words, you will find that they are all interdependent and interrelated. There is the first law is called the law of perpetual energy. It is in constant state of transmission and transmutation. Energy is forever moving into form 
through form and back into form. Everything we see, hear, taste, touch, smell is in a constant state of change. Change is all there is. And there's the law of vibration. Everything from thought to thing, from the electron to the cosmos, is in a constant state of vibration. There are millions and millions of varying degrees of vibration, which we call frequencies. The higher the frequency, the more intense the vibration. Man, the earth, and the universe are all but varying degrees of the same scale. The only difference being the degree and rate of vibration. It is well known that X-rays and gamma rays penetrate solids. The law of relativity. First articulated by Albert Einstein, this law is rarely understood in its fullness. Relativity says that all that is only exists by comparison. Hot only exists because we compare to cold. Good exists by comparison to bad, and so on. Everything in life just is, unless and until we compare it to something. With true understanding of this law, we realize that nothing in life has any meaning except the meaning we give it. The law of polarity. Everything in existence has its opposite and cannot exist otherwise. Consequently, all opposites are different manifestations of the same thing. The only separation is by degree. For instance, there is no absolute hot or absolute cold. You cannot define where one begins and the other one leaves off. Only by comparison, relativity, can you define each. Therefore, positive or negative or any opposite you choose cannot exist alone. High potential is always accompanied by a low potential. Failure must be accompanied by the seed of success. Then there's the law of rhythm. The law of rhythm can be compared to a pendulum, which when swung to the left must come back to the right. You will have highs and lows intellectually, emotionally, and physically. However, through understanding, you can be at your best regardless of your situation. And now, last two laws, the law of cause and effect. Natural and never-ending cycle. Every effect must have a cause, and in turn, every cause an effect. Therefore, you will begin to understand that it is impossible to start a new chain of events. Nothing happens by chance. Everything in the cosmos happens according to law. Consequently, anything you make you may cause in your life is actually the effect of something that came before that. I just watched the movie The Shack last night and they made that so clear about cause and effect, how in the movie the boy or the main character was abused by his father and so when he finally meets Papa, who is uh, the form of God, 
speaking to him is this, you know, there is always a cause of why anyone is the way they are. There has to be a precursor to something. So if we could see the chain or the link to all of these events, we would then understand it at a greater level and not become um, reactive to it. And it would be a lot easier to forgive. The law of gender is the last one. The law of gender states that that male and female, yin and yang, must unite in order to reap. You must first sow. So why is forgiveness so powerful and how does Ho'oponopono work? So for those of you on the line right now that have not heard of Ho'oponopono, Ho'oponopono was something that attracted me uh, many years ago through Dr. Lee, who was a doctor who worked in Hawaii. It is a Hawaiian family therapy. And In Ho'oponopono, you don't have to know what the problem or error is. All you have to do is notice any problem you're experiencing physically, mentally, emotionally, or whatever. So however you're experiencing an aberrant energy, once you notice your response, Ho'oponopono makes it right. So the way it works is that we say somebody does something that annoys you, makes you sad, hurts your feelings, or whatever that it is, instead of reacting to it with judgment or verbally, mentally, emotionally, we simply repeat this mantra, forgive me, I'm sorry, thank you, and I love you. So we don't have to say that out loud. We just mentally repeat that, and therefore the energy is released. Uh, For the ancient Hawaiians, all problems begin as thought, but having a thought is not the problem. So what's the problem? The problem is that all our thoughts are imbued with painful memories, memories of persons, places, or things. The intellect working alone can't solve these problems because the intellect only manages. Managing things is no way to solve problems. You want to let them go. When you do Ho'oponopono, what happens is that the divinity takes the painful thought and neutralizes or purifies it. You don't purify the person, the place, or the thing. You neutralize the energy you associate with that person, place, or thing. So the first stage of Ho'oponopono is the purification of the Now something wonderful happens. Not only does that energy get neutralized, it also gets released. So there's a brand new slate. Buddhists call it the void. The final step is that you allow divinity to come in and fill the void with the light. So once again, keep saying, I'm sorry, I love you, thank you, forgive me. And you don't have to say it in that order. Forgive me, I'm sorry, thank you, and I love you. This is the way I say it. Forgive me, I am sorry, thank you, and I love you. Very powerful. It will change your life if you do this as a mantra. Thoughts have energy that attract like energy. In order to become aware of this energy, you must practice four things. Be clear about what you desire and ask the universe for it. Focus your thoughts upon what you desire with great feeling, such as enthusiasm or gratitude. That's why when we're passionate about doing work, it's easier to do the work. You have to have passion in your life in order to really 
create that magic that we're all seeking. So if we're going to a job that we don't like day after day, month after month, year after year, it takes the gratitude out. It takes that feeling of, of um, excitement out. And it's, I encourage people to at least find a hobby. If they can't get out of their job, find something you're passionate about, whether that's hiking or fishing or uh, doing some hobby, arts and crafts, whatever it is, but find something that enthuses you. Feel and behave as if the object of your desire is on its way. Know that it's coming to you, that you deserve it. Know that you deserve it. Be open to receiving it. Your thoughts determine your frequency. Now, I love this subject. Your thoughts determine your frequency, and your feelings tell you immediately what frequency you're on. When you feel bad, you're on a frequency of drawing more bad things. When you're feeling good, you're powerfully attracting more good things to you. If your life isn't completely in alignment with what you would like to experience, and you are serious about making a commitment to yourself to embrace this truth, then you have come to a door that once entered, your life will transform in ways you cannot even imagine. You will experience quantum transformation with the Seven Insights program and the Golden Light Meditation, the emotional energy therapy that I teach. I will teach you how to identify blocked emotion in your body that doesn't allow you to move forward and keeps repeating the same story over and over and over. And when stories repeat themselves in your lives, it's very easy to feel like you're a victim, uh, that something outside of yourself is actually happening. It is crystal clear that if we can transmute all blocked emotion and therefore quicken every cell in our bodies, we as humans are capable of amazing things. We thought possible. It is time to heal first ourselves, and therefore the planet. We have a responsibility to future generations. Our real journey as humans is to become conscious co-creators of the divine plan. And through meditation, emotional energy therapy, we are able to change our frequency and become aware of our feelings more and more. You through a meditation when you work with me, and or you're doing the webinar, you can download this meditation on my website. Go to www.petranicole.com, P E T R A N I C O L L.com, and just download the meditation. And the second paradigm, the second insight is paradigms. This is one of my favorites because I had to, I had to do a lot of work on that. That was a tough one. To ignore the inside of paradigms to influence your judgment is to put yourself at risk when exploring the future. To be able to shape your future, you have to be ready and able to change your paradigm. So, undoubtedly, there has been much talk in recent years regarding paradigms. So, what exactly is a paradigm? What, what is a paradigm? A paradigm is a constellation of concepts, values, perceptions and practices shared by a community which forms a particular vision of reality that is the basis of the way a community organizes itself. The modern use of the word paradigm has its roots most commonly traceable to the idea 
of the late Harvard-affiliated scientist and philosopher Thomas Kuhn, The Structure of Scientific Revolution, written in 1962. Your personal and professional results are founded on habits, work practices, attitudes, values, beliefs, and expectations otherwise known as paradigms. Armed with your paradigm, you approach, react, and create the world around you. These paradigms are the filters, interpret what you see and experience. A paradigm tells you that there is a game, what the game is, and how to play it successfully. So what does it mean when people have a paradigm shift or an aha moment, like Oprah calls it? Basically, when you have a paradigm shift, you change to a new game and a new set of rules suddenly comes in. When your game and rules change, your whole world can appear to be changing, and that can be scary. Many individuals and organizations attempt to make changes, but they rarely last. Why? Paradigms drive behavior, and behavior drives results. Unless paradigms shift, any change or improvement will be short-term at best. When you attempt to change without making a paradigm shift, You set yourself up for frustration and failure. The organization you are part of will also lose. So the first step to quantum transformation in the seven insights is to understand how to make these shifts and to shift your paradigm. So I'm going to help people during this particular uh, part of the book how to analyze the mind. What are, what are your programs? What, what is it that you believe from your childhood? Those paradigms are usually set in the first few years of our childhood. Like for me, I grew up in Bavaria, so my parents were Catholic, my grandparents were Catholic, and their parents before them were Catholic. So I was influenced by an economy and a culture of uh, Catholicism, of uh, German history, and many other things, customs, for example. So when I came to America, it felt a little bit like the rug had been pulled out from underneath me. So the first time I went to London, I was there for seven years when I was 17 years old. And that was still a little closer to my hometown, but it was still a different culture. So everything changed. My language changed. My attitude changed. My thoughts had to change. Or the way, the way, the lens through which I was looking at the world had to change in order for me to have that paradigm shift. So we're going to talk about how paradigms create results, how they're formed, and how to design and create new paradigms in your life. So we go over part one of this particular chapter is the conscious mind. Uh, The conscious mind is the part of you that thinks and reasons. Your free will lies in this part of your mind. And I just did a whole study on what is free will the other day. I'm writing a novel called The Billionaire. And uh, one of the um, parts of the story about a billionaire who passes over and then is assigned a guide and he comes back as a a very famous person, um, he has to look at what free will really is. And so your free will lies in this part of your mind, therefore it chooses your level of vibration. Your conscious mind can accept or reject any idea. No person or circumstance can cause you to think about thoughts or ideas you do not choose. This is important because the thoughts you choose will eventually determine your results in life. 
So if you believe that you're not smart or that you are that there's a scarcity to your life, that you're supposed to be poor, that you are, um, you know, tall, fat, ugly, whatever that it is that you believe, if you believe that long enough, it will be created in your universe. All pain, pleasure, abundance, or limitations is either originated in your conscious mind or accepted uncritically from an outside source. There are six intellectual factors and five senses which lie in your conscious mind. What you think about comes about. So we're going to find out what your important points to remember are about that. And you will be a, it, this will be accompanied by a workbook, so you can go back to that later on. Then we'll talk about the subconscious mind. Now, that is one of my favorite subjects because the subconscious mind is more powerful than the conscious mind. So if we don't know ourselves completely on a soul level and we haven't learned how to meditate and uh, still the mind, how can we know what our subconscious mind is really doing, how it's ticking, how it's running, what its frequency is. This is the part of you that is certainly the most magnificent. Your insight center, the subconscious mind functions in every cell of your body. Every thought or word your conscious mind chooses to accept begins to manifest and be carried out by this part of your mind. It has no ability to censor or reject information. The subconscious takes immediate action on whatever it is given. This part of you operates in a complete and orderly manner. By law, it expresses itself through you in feelings and actions. Any thought you continuously impress upon your subconscious mind becomes fixed and habituated. Fixed ideas and habits will continue to express themselves without any conscious assistance until they are placed. So I will help you identifying what's going on with you on a subconscious level. And you can do that with someone who is a good listener and is coaching you on what's going on in your current day reality of what's, what, what is lying underneath those things, what is covered up. So we will um, also inspire you to uh, read the book by Dr. Joseph Murphy, The Insight of Your Subconscious Mind, which is a great book. And then, of course, part three is the body. Although the most visible and obvious part of you, the body is actually the smallest and most insignificant. The body is the vehicle you ride in, the material instrument of the mind, the house you live in. Every thought or image that you consciously choose and impress upon the subconscious, which remember is in every cell of your body, must move your body into action. The actions you take create your results. When I was studying with my teacher in India, he said that he would see cancer 20 years before it would show up in the physical body because he, he could see it in the emotional body system, in the ethers. He could see it in the astral realm and notice the blockages. And so I do believe that much of what shows up in physical reality actually has an emotional precursor. So that's why we want to clear that and make sure that we're um, happy and healthy and balanced. So we will go over the model of consciousness. This is one of the um, parts in this class 
on uh, and the mental faculties which reside in your conscious mind. And we're going to have in the workbook questions like, why is forgiveness powerful? How can we clear blockages? I know I'm worthy of my desires because. So you're going to write a lot of affirmations. And uh, there is a certain amount of work involved with this. So if we did all the things we were capable of doing, we literally astonish ourselves, Thomas Edison said. For the first time in history, the world's leading scientists, authors, and philosophers gathered to renew all the resources you ever need to be as successful as those who knew how to use the law of attraction. Einstein, Plato, Newton, Carnegie, Beethoven, Shakespeare, and many more. Success on any major scale requires a clear vision and consistent action. Your life, to a large extent, is the result of your dominant thoughts. Nothing will happen by itself. It will all come your way once you have a clear vision and consistent thinking and action based on your vision and your feeling. A very powerful way to use visualization is by creating a vision board or a dream board. And you can find a talk on that on my uh, blogs and also see a video on my Facebook page. So just go to my Facebook page for Nicole and friend me. If you can't friend me, I think uh, somebody said I had uh, exceeded my friends. Uh, there are too many, so I will go to my um, other page. That's Patreon Call LLC, and I don't think there's a limit on that one. It's a vision board. A vision board is a collage of pictures or of goals and dreams you want to attract into your life. Important is to really use the exact image of what you want to attract as whatever you show on your vision board will become part of your reality. So if you want a specific kind of car, make sure it is exactly the type, model, or color you desire and, and feel into it what it is. If you want to journey, if you want to travel, then really visualize where you want to go, the exact town, what you want to do, what hotel you want to stay in. If you want a relationship, then be specific about what it is you need emotionally, spiritual, mentally, physically from that relationship and what you want to give back to that relationship. Because remember, the universe is a give and take. So it's really powerful. If you, if you want to visualize yourself healthy, let's say you, are, you have uh, problems with asthma or you have a problem with um, allergies, then visualize your lungs clearing, visualize breathing fresh air, visualize feeling strong. And subsequently, this will also influence you in the way you eat. By looking at your vision board on a consistent and daily basis, you will manifest the life you truly desire and deserve. So we'll be doing that. So what's it like to live in your new paradigm? The insight of auto-suggestion. It is widely known that the subconscious mind cannot tell the difference between something that is real in material form and something that is vividly imagined because your mind thinks in pictures. You must create a picture of yourself in possession of a new paradigm being expressed in life. 
When the picture is planted in your subconscious mind, the image will be automatically expressed through your body in action. Remember, action follows thought. Not only will you be in a different vibration, but you will begin to attract everything else that is in harmonious vibration with your thought. Thoughts are creative impulses of energy. And here I would say read The Holotropic Mind by Michael Talbot. That is a powerful book. So let's move on to the third insight, which is uh, partnerships. The greatest danger for most of us is not that our aim is too high and we miss it, but that it is too low and we reach it. And who said that? Michael Angelo said that. Creation versus competition. The first thing you must understand is that truly successful people never compete. Why is this? What are the thoughts that create competition? The very nature of competition is what you are, is that you are, that you exist. Comparing yourself to your adversary, believing that there is limited supply of goodness and success, both of these concepts are in error. The only competition you will ever have in life is the competition between your disciplined and undisciplined mind. First understand that you have no external adversaries. It's an illusion. To truly have an external adversary, your results would have to be created by external events. What other people do would have to determine your level of success. You and I know that externals do not determine what you achieve or don't achieve. You determine that and only you. Not, no one can stop you from achieving all that you desire. It is your birthright. If you must create an adversary in life, let your adversary be lack of understanding. Lack of understanding is the only thing that will slow your success. Second, there is no such thing as limited supply. The marketplace is full of people and compa- companies in the same business providing similar services and many prosper. The people you once thought to be your competition can earn millions of dollars and there will be still be millions of dollars to go around. Other people's success has no effect upon yours. You may believe this to be radical thinking, and compared to the current collective thinking, it is. But collective thinking is inaccurate. The highly successful do not compete. They create. Look at Sir Richard Branson, for example. He's one of my heroes, and I, I love what he does. Elon Musk. Look at what's going on in space right now with space uh, research and so forth. The mere nature of competition means that you must compare yourself to others. You have learned that your consistent thoughts become manifest in your physical world. Moving on, turning the pages to the next paradigm called the next law, partnerships. Giving and receiving. This is the fourth insight. Giving and receiving. I love this law. Giving and receiving are two sides of the same coin, Wayne Dyer said. Abundance versus scarcity. 
when I give, I receive. The more we give of ourselves, whether that's energetically or physically through money or through good deeds or positive thoughts towards someone, encouragement, we feel better. So when we're, gi- we, when we're giving out of ourselves, we hear this so often from people that are feeling uh, sad or, or disconnected from things. And they go out and volunteer and suddenly they feel a thousand percent better. There is absolute truth in that. All great achievers in life have been great givers. When giving, you are operating according to the law. True giving is the only way to send a strong message into the universe of absolute abundance. The individual with a scarcity mentality feels that they must hold and hoard. They constantly think only of themselves. The law of attraction states that like energy attracts like energy. Inevitably, the givers get more and the hoarders lose what they tightly held. It is the law. When you believe in true abundance, you realize that nothing is ever created or destroyed. Everything in the universe comes from the same supply, and that supply is unlimited. You are an incredible creator, and you can be, do, and have anything you desire. It is law. Therefore, nothing can be truly lost except opportunity. There's an ancient text that I love that reads, whatsoever you sow, that shall you also reap. So going on, what is the insight of vision? We're going to the insight of vision, which is the fifth insight in my book. And what is vision all about? Once you understand how your marvelous mind works, you must program it properly. We, as we learned previously, there is only one great law. Energy is. Therefore, your thoughts are impulses of energy and is vibrating at a specific cycle per second. The law of attraction states that similar vibrations will attract and dissimilar vibrations will repel. By law, you must put your thoughts and yourself in vibration with the good that you desire or you will never receive it. In other words, you must be in harmony or resonance with what you want. This involves aligning your body, mind, spirit with your desire. The first step in creating what you want is to define it with absolute clarity. I wanted to be a writer. I realized that in 2006 when I sat on the couch depressed and unhappy after my partner died, I knew I wanted to be an author, but I didn't know how to get there. So I had to just begin somewhere. Have the clarity of what it is you want to be or do or create and then take the first step. You don't have to look at the whole project. It took me three years to write my first book, which is Petra's Ashes. And it was, and there were many moments where I thought, oh my gosh, I'm giving up, I'm giving up. But now I have realized that when we stay with a project like that, that seems so humongous, so big, and we feel like there's never an end to it. 
it's really the journey that counts. It didn't really even matter if I ever published a book. It was just a journey of writing it. Or if you wish to go on a trail that is miles and miles long, uh, like the Pacific Trail uh, through Oregon, you know, there are people that have this in mind. But even if you do a few days of that, it is perfect. I know so many people that have gone to Spain that have done the Camino and only made it halfway through, but at least they made the effort, okay? You have a host of habits that are fixed in your subconscious mind which are not to your benefit, and they must be replaced. These habits come from all the areas we have previously discussed and for the most part have been accepted uncritically. Our thoughts are sent out into the universe and they begin to attract results with which they are in resonance. Therefore, every thought you are most often unaware of exists. The destructive concepts that are, that are fixed in your subconscious mind attract the things you do not want to attract into your life and thus hold you back. So if you feel like you need to exercise and you're not getting off the couch then take a walk around the house three times a day and change the patterns and habit. It takes 30 days to create a new habit. Make small improvements. I think the big thing about uh, you know, New Year's resolutions that people have a hard time with is that they set such tremendous goals for themselves that they're so overwhelming they can never achieve them. But it is the penny in the bank account that uh, compounds interest. And if you have enough pennies, one day you'll be a millionaire. So that's how this works. Put the penny in, you guys. Emotion is the fuel. What is really motion? E-motion. I cannot emphasize enough the importance of making your vision compelling. The only way you will succeed in life is to create a vision that is that instills passion. You must fall in love with your vision. Emotion is the reason that you take action. If you don't believe this, look at the shoes on your feet right now. If you paid more than $200 for a pair of shoes, you made an emotional purchase. A $200 pair of shoes will function every bit as well as a $60 pair of shoes or a $40 pair of shoes. If you paid more than 60, you did so because of how that pair of shoes would make you feel, and that's why you bought them. So create the picture in your mind and feel what it would be like. I want to go on safari to Africa. So I lay in bed in the morning. I'm lying in bed in the morning, and I'm visualizing being on safari and seeing giraffes, and I can see the dust that they kick up. And I can feel the power of these animals running by me. I see their colors, their stripes. I feel the heat, the wind against my face. I'm enveloped by the energy of Africa. I see a lion lurking in the grasses, watching the giraffes. I see gazelles. This is what I want you to imagine in your life. If you have a partner that is, let's say you have a problem with your partner and uh, you want to get more flowers or kisses or hugs, 
visualize your partner coming home with kisses and hugs or flowers. Visualize your partner doing the dishes. Visualize the thank yous that are following an action like this, a deed like this. We have a tendency to go into the negative too much. I watch my mind or become the observer of your mind. Watch its every track. Realize you're not the mind, but watch your mind's thoughts and become the observer of your reality. Become the observer of what goes on in your life. It's not about what you have in life. It's about who you become. To form your vision, you must address all three levels, starting with the B, then moving outward to what you want to do, and finally, what you want to have as a result. To do this successfully, you must take all limitations off your marvelous mind and dream. Remember, you are unlimited. There is no reason why you cannot have anything and everything that you desire. You are God's highest creation, and because of this, all things are possible. Let's move on from there to gratitude, the sixth insight. Gratitude is the mother of all virtues, Marcus Sicaro. What is continuous gratitude? Sicaro, the great Roman statesman, was accurate in his observation. Gratitude is the mother of all virtues. It is the mother of all life's benefits. This includes health, love, happiness, affluence, and prosperity. Wherever you find a truly successful individual, you will find abundant gratitude in large quantities. Gratitude sets up an attractive force unlike any other to bring your vision into existence. One of the most unfortunate and disempowering situations life is concentrating your attention on the things you don't have versus the things that you have. Our memories tend to be very short when it comes to all the goodness that is bestowed upon our lives. Conversely, we have the memory of an elephant when we think of all the things we are lacking. When a person lacks gratitude, their entire system is thrown into a negative vibration and a state of negative balance. According to the law of attraction, because of focusing on what they don't want, those without gratitude begin to attract and manifest the very thing they fear or abhor. So let's be continually grateful. To experience experience gratitude on a continual basis, you must understand and believe three truths. Number one, your current situation is great and getting better. Number two, your current life is full of things for which to be grateful. And number three, your current results will continuously change, grow, and improve. Love the law of gratitude. When we focus on having less, then we create that experience for ourselves. If people just understood that, it would be amazing. If you're on the line right now wondering about that, here's the explanation. Okay? And this is from um, K. 
Katie, uh, it's called The Works, and I can't remember her last name right now, but she was really accurate when she uh, did an exercise and her book sold all over the world. So you can go to Amazon and put in The Works by Katie Byron. That's the name, Katie Byron. So she, she suggested, and I added this to this uh, workbook here, when we focus on I hate my job, then we will never notice the aspect of our employment that might be satisfying. Basically, just wanting something isn't going to bring that to us when we continue to obsess on the not having of that something. I'm going to say this again. Basically, just wanting something isn't going to bring that to us when we continue to obsess on the not having of that something. I'm not happy because I don't have it. I'm not happy because I don't have it. You have to focus on already having it like it's already here. All we will experience if we're focusing on not having is that we will be ultimately blocking our true desire and joy. Better to focus on a particular object or scenario rather than on winning or cash. So focus on a scenario, on the energy of something rather than an object that you want to have. So an example would be if you really want to have a new house, okay, or you, you're homeless or you, you need a house. Let's just say you need a house. If you think about I want a house, I want a house, I need the cash for the house, I need to win the lottery to have the house. But what if you feel yourself into sleeping in a bed, in a house, with a side table and a kitchen and a living room and a beautiful bathroom and a beautiful view out of there. So create the feeling of the something rather than what you need in order to purchase that because that blocks your energy. Another mistake that we make is that we tend to think of abundance in terms of how much money we have in our bank accounts. I personally think focusing on winning the lottery is, of course, a fruitless event, Focusing on winning is kind of like focusing on not having. I say this because of some discussions I've had with those who have held this desire, and they play the lottery or gamble a lot, and I think it's just uh, useless. <laughs> they have shared that they would do what they would do with the winning if they won, yet some of the things they say they would do with the money, they could actually already be doing right now with their current incomes on a smaller scale, but they don't. And and why is that? Because they cling to what they perceive as their meager savings with the attitude that they don't have enough out of fear. So this is uh, this is a very true example. <laughs> Let's go to the next one, and this is the last, and this is the seventh insight: accountability. Each of these insights has um, a workbook with uh, lines where people can write and I walk them through it in my coaching. You can sign up uh, for a 30-minute free coaching class with me. Just, again, go to my uh, website, patronicole.com, N-I-C-O-L-L.com, and sign up for some free coaching, and I will be glad to work with you. The seventh inside accountability. By their fruits you shall know them. Results tell, the interest, tell an interesting story. They tell the true story. Bob Proctor said that. Accountability is huge. 
Success happens according to laws. It has nothing to do with luck. All students of success have understood and followed the scientific approach to success. To the degree that you understand and align with these laws, your success is guaranteed. It works for everyone, every time. Success is a science. Passion, an an awesome power. When science and passion collide, dreams become real. Thinking worthy comes from being worthy, and you're worthy. Recognize it. You are God's greatest creation. Many people have allowed themselves to believe that they are not worthy of the good things they desire. Nothing could be further from the truth. All great works through history, whether from religion, science, philosophy, psychology, or metaphysics, teach that we are God's highest creation. Therefore, if you come from God, you must be part of God. And for this reason, you're worthy of the good you desire. For how can God be unworthy? So what is accountability? Accountability is about doing what you say you're going to be doing. And does that involve other people? Not really. Sometimes, but mostly it's within ourselves. This workbook is about helping you be accountable to yourself. So when you're saying you're going to do certain things, but you keep repeating patterns of self-sabotage, and I mean all of us have self-sabotage. It's just part, it's like uh, Caroline Mace in uh, Sacred Contract. The saboteur, the inner saboteur is always present. And we have to be very vigilant to identify what this inner saboteur looks like. So if we're sabotaging and then afterwards we feel really bad and we beat ourselves up and we feel guilt and we feel despair and we feel, oh, I'm just not good enough or I don't deserve it. The underlying energy always is a sense of undeservability. That's why people sabotage. I have seen someone who uh, recently that comes to mind who has never been out of the country and he uh, took his girlfriend to um, Las Vegas, which was a really big deal because that was the first journey they ever took together. Not very far, but at least it was on a plane and somewhere. But on the journey, on their travel, he fell into a self-sabotaging mode because somehow he felt that he doesn't deserve to travel or that he was afraid of travel or that he didn't want to go any further than this. So he created some scenarios for that situation that made her not want to travel with him in the future. And so once this was identified and there was a conversation with with this gentleman about how he was sabotaging (laughs) their vacation, their three-day vacation, he recognized that and uncovered that he was indeed afraid to fly on a plane across to Europe or anywhere else and that he just wanted to stay in the country. Yet this is one of the greatest issues in their relationship is that he doesn't want to go anywhere and she is a world traveler. So that's very, very interesting how we have a tendency to sabotage or have you ever met someone who is in a job and they are afraid that their performance might not be up to par 
and they sabotage by being late, coming late to work, and then subsequently getting fired. Um, sabotaging can take place whether it's in food. So we have physical, mental, spiritual, emotional sabotage that we do to ourselves. So accountability is a big subject. Uh, being accountable to what we set our mind to, to what we set our desire to, but making the accountability a achievable, doable. So not to set these astronomical goals for ourselves, and we know we can't achieve them, so then we fall back backwards and we go two steps forward, one step back, or two steps forward, two steps back, which happens so often. So creating a, a way for you to win in your own accountability with yourself is key here. And that brings me to the end of our talk today. I hope you enjoyed it. The seven insights, again, I, if you want to, you can uh, email me and I will send you the Eventbrite sign-up for the next live course on a webinar. And you can uh, see me live, and I'll walk you through some of the steps. You'll also receive the workbook. The next TV show I'm doing, we will be covering the seven insights live on TV and talk about uh, how you can help yourself by becoming aware of what goes on in your life and how you're running your emotions, your body, how you are running your spiritual life, your physical life. And um, my goal is always to help you feel better about yourself and to assist in your transformation. Have a wonderful day. I hope to see you soon. Next Tuesday, we'll have a wonderful guest again. And have a glorious day. Arrivederci. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.